Welcome to My Shitty Podcast. So Shitty Only Has One T. I'm your host, Adam Copeland. Thank you guys for tuning in. Thanks for telling a friend. Thanks for writing a retune, a review on iTunes. <laughs> Fucking shit. Sorry, I did a lot of drinking last night. Um, I want to thank my guest, Cassandra, for coming on and talking about being a private investigator uh, and sharing um, uh, several stories with us. Uh, this happens often when, uh, I turn the mics off and then I really start like having a conversation or conversation starts, starts rolling because we've been talking for an hour. So, um, I sign off, uh, there towards the end, but stay tuned. There's about a 30 minute nugget of shit that we started talking about after the podcast was over. And I was like, we got to get back on these mics and keep talking. This is gold. This is really good stuff. So, um, bear with me, even though the, the show, uh, ends um and i do the outro music uh there's 30 minutes after that uh i'm sure if you're paying attention or just let it play through you'll figure that out but anyways um without further ado let's let the cat out of the bag producer producing bad content you know what i mean yeah i hear you i feel like you're drawing a picture you're not taking any i'm listening to you any notes that are you know (laughs) <laughs> any notes that are gonna that are gonna add to the show I feel like if anything you're taking away right now what I don't know I mean what sort of notes should I be taking right now St- take I don't know I'm just kidding none I guess it's more <laughs> <laughs> don't think any <laughs> or what do you okay so uh, he's putting the mic directly uh, where my mouth hole is Noted, yeah uh, <laughs> make sure to report him for that um, let's talk about this cocktail that I made for you. It's pretty good. Yeah? I haven't even tried it yet. It's very... I found it on the internet. It's fruity. Um, yeah. I like to create a cocktail that reminds me of my guest's profession or that reminds me of them themselves. You want to know that... You want to guess what the name is? Do you want to guess first? good guess that's pretty good you're doing good so far i'm just kidding i don't i don't have the foggiest you don't have the foggiest it's called a columbo get it because i'm a detective detective like columbo (laughs) you like it yeah it's tasty yeah it's pretty good i was supposed to use a different simple syrup but instead i use like a mezcal simple syrup that i stole from work Uh, it, well, it was going to be like a return. Um, it was fairly cheap. Anyways, long story. Sh- I didn't steal it. I didn't just like go in like a thief in the night. Okay. I, I acquired it. I don't. I, I sort don't, of asked. I don't blame it. Any hoot. We're going, by the way. Oh, is this on? <laughs> we've started? <laughs> yeah, we started. <laughs> um, so yeah, cheers. That's a surprise. There was no intro. I always record the intro afterwards so I can be like, man, Cassandra talked about her drawings on her pad in this episode. Do you want to tell everybody what I drew? Uh, Yeah, let me see. It looks like an erect penis um, (laughs) with (laughs) a handsome vein that runs down the the side of it and um, a sputter out. This guy's probably masturbated or came a couple times before today um, and that's all that he had left in the tank. <laughs> Have you been jerking off? No, I just didn't drink a lot of fluids today, and I, 
I don't know what it was. Yeah, that's good. That's exactly uh huh. That's exactly what I drew. Also, if you notice, his dick is proportionately large to the rest of his body. <laughs> All right. <laughs> that's pretty good. Uh, but it's just this mic inwards towards your mouth hole again, oh. even more. Oh God! <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> At least it. I warned you. Yeah. Uh, that's good. You sound good. All right. So um. Mm, what do you want to talk about today? Let's talk about what you do professionally. What do you do as uh, a profession? What's your job right now? Uh, well, I'm a bartender. Well, okay. <laughs> <laughs> that much we know. No, you're a bartender on the side. Why is that? Uh, recently, I got a license uh, to be a private investigator. You have to obtain a license to do this. You do have to obtain so, a license to do this. Something I didn't know. You were at the bar top one night and you're like, look at this. It's like, oh, did you get a new driver's license? Good picture. Nice work. But no, it's like a special, it looks kind of like a driver's license. It does look really similar to a driver's license. But yeah. it says special stuff on it. Right. It's, you basically have a license to be creepy. Kind of, I yeah. can stalk whoever I want. <laughs> That's good. Uh, I need one of those, actually. <laughs> Does it take schooling? Um, kinda. So the license doesn't give me like a blink check to stock whoever I want. Um, I could get in a lot of trouble if I was doing something without like a contract. Yeah, abusing it. Right. Uh, or any background checks that I do. Um, I have to log in to the system. Yeah. And so they see who I search for, and if anybody were to do like um. Uh, what do you call that? Like when you kind of go back and look at everything that I've done. Um, there's a website for it that's called like, uh, fuck, I don't remember the name of it, but yeah, you can see. Well, like somebody, so there's um, a background uh, check. Well, I use a. Um, there's like a company that has a. Uh, a compilation of uh, people's records and it doesn't it have everything, everything, but it has a lot of stuff. Um, yeah. Private information, social security numbers, uh, addresses, phone numbers, possible relatives and associates, yeah. um, cars you've bought, houses you've bought, places you've worked. Yeah. Potentially. Um, if you've had any like legal trouble that would potentially be on there. It's like a credit score. Like, hey, you tried to buy a car in 2007 and then you didn't pay them for four years. Like, oh, yeah, I forgot about that. I don't think I get like uh, that sort of information. Like, I wouldn't see if you owed money anywhere or if you weren't like if you had bad credit. Mm -hmm. um, there might be a database that I could look at that for. But so that's not but uh, that's not the work that I do. So I, I don't do uh, some private investigators will do. Uh, insurance fraud investigations or maybe even like um, somebody says they are one person like you know I might some investigators would go like investigate that but yeah um, I kind of got into this for like a really specific uh, field uh -huh. um, I said this in my last podcast that I had one of my ideas of what I would do after college was maybe go to law school yeah you're my first repeat podcast guest. Right. Yeah. I okay. Feel really special. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you so much. <laughs> you were a good I'm one. I'm so interesting. You had to talk to me twice. <laughs> That's right. You were. I had a lot of positive feedback. A lot of people check that. There's a lot of downloads on that one, actually. 
Well, it's your first one. Well, yeah, but you're very captivating. How Aww. about that? Huh? Aww. Butter you up a little bit. <laughs> Get those lips loose. I don't know. Let's spill it. Spill the beans. Uh, no, okay, kidding. so um, I had thought about law school, but I didn't really know if I wanted to do that. It would be a lot of money and a lot of work. And um, You wanted to go as a lawyer? Yeah, well, I would thought about doing like criminal justice before. Yeah. Uh, or even, you know, when I was younger and I was really kind of dreaming about how can I change the world? Um, I had thought about doing constitutional law even, which is um, pretty ambitious. <laughs> Uh, but I am not the most Mm -hmm. disciplined person in the world. Um, and I, I don't know. I just thought that law school sounded like it might be a drag. It's a chore. Yeah. A friend of mine. (laughs) It's a real chore. If you're looking to get into law school, uh, a buddy of mine, um, when it first moved to Austin, he went to law school and he passed the bar. He did all the shit. Um, and then graduated, he's good to go, certified, and it was a lawyer, I don't know, whatever, stamp it blue and call it true, I think is what they say whenever you're a lawyer. Um, so he got that blue stamp, and it was like, this sucks. And he's like, it's in a world of debt, and he went back to bartending right after that. I don't know. So I get it. I get it. Like, right. it's a spanking. Uh, yeah, and I didn't want to go into that um, without... Like being for sure that that's what I wanted. Yeah. So um, I ended up meeting a defense attorney at the bar. Yeah. Told her that I was interested in that sort of work. Uh, And this was also, I mean, I've gotten more interested in the justice system um, since like Black Lives Matter came out. Mm -hmm. And um, the more that our political system seems to be in this downward spiral of awfulness. Oh boy. Yeah. But I mean, a lot of this stuff. I've also realized um, is super old and is going on for a long time and is really like systematic. And um, I don't know. I just kind of thought that it would be fulfilling to, um, I don't know, be a warrior and, and that sort of a fight. Sure. Potentially. Um, Or at least to have the skills. Like, I don't know. I hear about things a lot that I think, wow, you know, that's really, you know, unjust and that's really fucked up. And, you know, what can I do about it? Nothing, absolutely nothing. And feeling powerless kind of made me feel like, well, what if, what if I did want to do something about it? How could I go about doing that? Mm -hmm. Um, This is a conversation that you had with a defense attorney at the bar? Yeah. Okay. Um, And also, you know, not a conversation that I was having with the defense attorney, but in my own right, like, what am I doing with my life? This is an inner monologue going How on. How do I, f- you know, make myself feel more successful and yeah. all of that business? I've been a, a bartender for a while, and um, I had one dream that I went and tried to do for a little bit, and it didn't kind of work out the way that I wanted, and I'd been kind of, like, groping around in the dark. Sure. Uh, so I met this defense attorney. I talked to her. She was like, we should have lunch with um, a friend of mine. Uh, I met with her and a woman that does like lobbying work at the Capitol. Uh, and we had a really good talk. But nothing they said like really captivated me. Mm-hmm. Well, I kept talking to this woman and I would see her. And like we had lunch one other time with a woman that works for... Um, I think it's called like grassroots grassroots leadership and they do a lot of work with trying to keep people uh well of uh like fighting the government in Texas specifically um I think 
people will Google grassroots leadership and be like, she doesn't know what the fuck she's talking about. <laughs> but I think what <laughs> they do like is um, they're trying to get capital punishment um, illegal, like demolish capital punishment in Texas. Yeah. How do you feel about that? You know, uh, I think like 10 years ago, I think I was more for capital punishment than I am now. Um, I, one, it's, it's really unfairly doled out. So one of the things that I was told that I think is really interesting is, um, let's say you murder your wife Mm -hmm. in Buttfuckville, Texas. Yes. And they don't have a whole lot of money down there. One of my favorite towns. And the reason why we're my wife. <laughs> I'm going to go out and fuck some butts. <laughs> okay, um, go ahead. Sorry. You're probably more likely to get a life sentence than you are to get um, a death sentence because uh, capital work is, is really, really expensive. They have to hire investigators and mitigators. Um, and, and there's just a lot of work involved in capital cases. So it's expensive. So... Smaller counties with less money are less likely to um, charge people um, or convict people to like going to the chair or whatever they do. I think the injection is now. But then if you did the exact same crime in somewhere like Houston or Dallas, then you would probably be sentenced to death or more likely to be like that be on, on the possibilities of what could happen to you. Right. Yeah. Um, And so like that's really fucked up. Yeah. Right. Well, I didn't know that. That's and bananas. so then you think about like these towns, like who lives in small town, but fuckville that's killing their wife, probably some like uh, lower middle class, upper lower class, like white person. Right. Uh-huh. And then who's probably being charged for murder in like Houston, Texas. Yeah. And then you kind of like look at the numbers and you see how much more like, black people and and brown people are being put to death than white people and a lot of that has to do with just where, where they live where you live yeah. damn it's fucked up that is fucked up um also something i learned doing this work um texas doesn't have a public defender like we don't have public defenders in texas whoa so in in my training, one of the statistics that we were... Why is that? Why does Texas not? Do I don't know. I don't know. I haven't... I, that's something that I've wanted to kind of look up and see why it is the way that it is. Yeah. Um, but, but yeah, I, I don't know. But because of that, it kind of causes these like weird incentives, especially in indigent cases. Yeah. So um, a somebody is arrested right and charged with a crime mm-hmm. and then that crime goes to the you know judge and the judge sort of decide uh, if if they don't if they can't um afford their own attorney the judge has to appoint one for them and the judge also at that same time um allocates a certain amount of funds yeah. to that attorney and it's not a whole lot it's not the same as it would be in like a private case and so um, if the attorney needs more funds to do more investigation or more work or, you know, whatever it is that they have to do mm-hmm. uh, to build a case for their client, they have to go back to the judge and ask for more money. And in a county like, let's say, Kamal, um, where they don't have a whole lot of money and the DA is tough on crime, like not only is the court not going to want to give more money for these cases, then they're going to start seeing these attorneys as being 
um, pests yeah. and potentially give them less clients or um, not be as uh, maybe amicable to yeah. their to their side. Like there's a lot of this like sneaky political bureaucracy bullshit mm-hmm. uh, that happens because of this because we don't have uh, like a government institution that guarantees people money and to have a proper proper defense investigation and all of that yeah so um from talking to the attorney she introduced me to uh this group called CAPDS Capital Area Private Defenders um they work with court-appointed attorneys to help them get um, social workers, investigators, mitigators, all that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. Um, And they introduced me to the woman who's now my boss. And I sent forward my resume, um, which, as we said before, I'm not very good at resumes, so (laughs) I don't know. (laughs) We were talking before about how how much of a pain in the ass it is to do a resume. And if you just meet me, like, it's a lot better if you just, I don't know. Well, it was so weird. I kind of just I sent my resume and a, uh, a cover I, letter. Yeah, uh, just that's sort of as thing. a as a like here's I didn't wasn't even looking for a job. Yeah, I, I didn't know that I wasn't applying for anything. I kind of was like, well, this is my background and this is why I'm interested in it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I sort of thought that I was more going to be put into a, kind of like a, a learning situation. Yeah, and I got hired and. Um, I kind of found out a lot of things about this field. One of them being like defense investigation isn't something that has been well established, especially in Texas because we don't have, um, sorry, public defender. Uh Um, There's not a whole lot of them. And the ones that are out there aren't necessarily really well trained specifically in defense investigation. Cause it's, um, it's a really nuanced field and it's, I've only been doing it now. Oh, I guess I started like in December, started training like late November, early December. Yeah. And I think I'm just now like almost at a year sort of figuring out exactly what it is that I'm doing. Um, I'm not trying to solve the crime. I don't even care what happens. Yeah. My job is to gather what people like what evidence and information is out there um, and present that to the attorney so that they can build a defense that um, counteracts the DA's defense. So I'm given like the police reports, any interviews that the police have done, any statements that have been given to the police, um, any like surveillance video or uh, I haven't actually gotten to see in person. um, um, What's the word? Evidence. Mm -hmm. But like I get an evidence list. So I see everything. And like if there's something that's in question, I could kind of highlight it and like say, hey, I don't really know about this. So, for instance, I had a case uh, there. A backpack was, uh, like, who the owner of a backpack was in question. Uh Um, And my client claimed that the backpack wasn't hers, that it was this other person's that was in the car. And so, um, and she was like, there's not, I mean, I saw the police empty this backpack. They pulled out, like, 
men's socks and uh, some razors and like all of this stuff yeah. that like wasn't like feminine stuff at all. Yeah, Axe and, body spray. Right, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, <laughs> Beef jerky. And then also a bunch of drugs, right? Like that yeah. was why she was like, that's not my backpack. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but something like I that. I did crack okay, not heroin. I mean, oops, <laughs> yeah. daisy. Right. Well, and that's also the shitty thing, right? So, um, uh, I have to be careful because um, I'm never quite sure. Sh- well, I, I am kind of sure about how much information I can and cannot give about certain cases, but I, I'm still like learning the legality of it all. Well, and just how much to keep my mouth shut. I'm not. I hear you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, is this information too much information? I haven't said anybody's name, come, and I haven't. Okay. You should come on a podcast and talk about it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. This is real safe for my career. Oh shit, sandwich. Uh, but so in this situation in particular is one of the reasons why um, I, I feel like my job. I, I I got this girl her case acquitted. Like I got her case dismissed. Not cool. acquitted. Dismissed. Is that a nice? itch to be scratched it like, can be especially when i think now I, I you know of course i'm supposed to be objective but when uh, i do really think and i look at the situation and i'm like i can't even believe this person was arrested yeah um they're very obviously innocent like in this situation the backpack was sitting next to a guy in the back seat mm-hmm. uh it was actually it was on the floorboard uh, she was driving, so it was technically the police officer said that the reason why he arrested her is because the backpack was behind the driver's seat, um, and it looked like it could have been a girl's backpack because it had polka dots on it or something stupid yeah. like that. Um, and he arrested this girl, and it, it was so obviously not her backpack, espe- especially because of all the like men's things in there. Yeah, and then and this is the really like fucked up part. So I went. <laughs> and I did a couple of interviews. I interviewed the girl. I, there was one other person in the car. I interviewed that person. I interviewed a neighbor that had like seen this boy with this backpack before. Like I, you know, I did all of that stuff. Uh-huh. And um, I didn't get to do this, and I don't know if the attorney did. But one of the suggestions I made to the attorney because they confiscated that backpack. I said you should go look at this backpack and see what's in it because the police did not put in their police report that there were men's razors in there, that there was a pair of men's socks in there yeah. or like any of that stuff. They only put the drugs sure. on there. And one way you could look at it is like, oh, well, that other stuff wasn't important, but it is important because it proves that like you arrested the wrong person. Like you arrested somebody who was innocent yeah. and who you could tell was innocent. And then and then my mind goes like, why did this cop even arrest this girl like she was a young like hispanic girl uh-huh. and this cop like the way that the story was told to me and people are always biased was that he was really aggressive like he was looking for an arrest sort of thing and yeah. I, I hear this a lot um and uh, yeah it's just it's like if i hadn't have done my job or if anybody else hadn't have done that job then this girl, this like 21, 22 year old girl would have gone to prison <laughs> for having, I mean, there was like, I don't, there was a lot of drugs in there enough yeah. to, for her to be in a lot of trouble and potentially ruin this young girl's life. Yeah. And it's like, that didn't occur to the cop and that didn't occur to the DA and like, nobody gives a shit about this like young girl and, and the fact that you're ruining her life just because you've like stamped this idea that she's a drug dealer or something without even doing proper investigation. I would have done the same thing if I was a cop. I would have been like, drugs, check. Other (laughs) stuff in the backpack, 
Don't worry about it. <laughs> my hand's cramping up. That's enough on this report. No, Case closed. Up. You'd be a bad cop. I know I would be. <laughs> I would definitely be a bad cop. You'd fit in with All the rest of them. Oh, really? Are there I'm a lot sorry. of... <laughs> Are there a lot of bad ones? Do you run into that? Do you see like more bad cops and good cops? Um. All right, listen, Dan. Oh, we're going to do the good old bad cop, good cop, bad cop routine. I don't know. Dano, by the way. You know, I'll say, so I took um, an intro to criminal justice course before um, I went down this road. Is this necessary to take this before? What schooling do you need? Okay, so what you need to be a private investigator in Texas Mm -hmm. is either you need to get a job working for um, somebody who has a a license, like a contractor license. Yeah. um, And work for them for two years. or you need a uh, criminal justice degree. Oh, shit. Okay. So, and, you know, it can be hard to get a job without background, potentially. Sure, yeah. But one of the reasons why I was hired and there was kind of so much um, excitement for me. (laughs) (laughs) Easy. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And I think also what, like, makes me really good at my job is that um, a lot of people that go into this field are ex-cops or ex-military or ex-military police kind of people. Uh-huh. And the training, like the intro... So, get back to the point of my class. My, te- my teacher was an ex-cop. And the way that he taught the course was so obviously filtered through cop mentality, yeah. which is... Um, we're the good guys. We're looking for the bad guys. The bad guy did something bad. We're going to get him off the street and make the streets safer. Yeah. Um, and this mentality creates like this us versus them scenario. And it mm-hmm. also kind of makes the cops see everybody as criminals instead of as human beings. Yes. Um, and that's why I, I, <laughs> I got a lot of arguments with, with my teacher <laughs> <laughs> i was i was like the only person in the class to speak up really for yeah. the most part and then the i was objective. really combative combative with the professor but he liked me i got a great grade in the class yeah he probably felt i don't know um people usually just listen to me i like this yeah like maybe have yeah a chance to explain myself or something but he didn't really do a very good job and that <laughs> was really always frustrating for me I mean, because he was very, he, he did, he would say things to me like, well, I'm not the one that committed the crime. So, because we would talk about um, uh, why Texas has such a high incarceration rate yeah. compared to something like um, um, California, which doesn't have such a high incarceration rate, but they have a high repeat offenders rate. Mm-hmm. And he was trying to use the example of, um, so in Texas, there's something that's different than California where... Um, the weather. <laughs> <laughs> there's a beach. <laughs> Doesn't yeah. look like chocolate milk. <laughs> you go to it. <laughs> uh, a lot more liberals and vegans over there. Yeah. Um, people, people aren't close-minded. Oh, yeah. It has something to do with like a uh, a time limit that people serve that's different than it is in Texas. I, I'm not 100% sure of the law, but he, his argument was that um, this is what happens when you let criminals back on the street. They become repeat offenders. Yeah. And, and then he was trying to like show Texas as this example of like, yeah, we have a higher incarceration rate, but we have a much lower repeat offender rate because we keep them off of the streets was his sort of mentality. Uh-huh. Um, and 
there was I couldn't get him at all to go down the road of rehabilitation. His his, his yeah. thought process was like, well, you know, I'm not the one that committed the crime. These people, you know, the type of people that are in prison aren't nice guys. These are rapists and murderous and yeah. like evil people, and they deserve to be off the street. And I'm like, whoa, 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 whoa. Yeah. <laughs> like, no, that's not that's not the truth across the board. And and then you're not even like. You completely take away somebody's humanity. And that's one of the biggest things that I've learned um, just in the couple of months that I'm working is like I'll read a police report for my client and I'm like, this person's a monster. Yeah. And then I go and talk to them. And even even the ones that are monsters, like monsters don't just come out of the vacuum. Like these people were created by years of uh childhoods of poverty and abuse and yeah. lack of education and lack of guidance and um, constantly being pulled in and out of the system. Mm-hmm. You know, some of these people, like, there was one case, there was a young boy who had had um, a pretty shitty background. And I know, I, so I also work with mitigation specialists. I don't know if you understand what mitigation is. I didn't really until I started doing this. Um, is it that stuff that's high in fiber you put it in uh <laughs> your drink and mix it around <laughs> and uh it makes you poop if you're constipated right no metamucil no i couldn't even think of what that was here. it's it like what like do orange? old people do drink <laughs> metamucil metamucil yeah i know what it is no uh so you are arrested and charged you go to court and you're convicted and then they uh, decide the punishment for you. And mitigation b- comes between the conviction and, and them. I, uh, I'm sorry. I, I really don't have the best vocabulary for all of this no, stuff yet. No, it's totally but, fine. Um, I promise s- you're telling me things that I don't know right now. So I'm not like, oh, that's not how you say that. Uh-uh. <laughs> <laughs> Spell that. Like, so no. a mitigation uh, specialist would be like, okay, yeah, so Adam committed that murder. But... Uh, he has uh, these mental disorders and a really low <laughs> IQ. <and laughs> also this true. This is his background. Yeah. And, you know, what he's kind on of, the spectrum. Like, why give him a been, break. Right. Why he's been put in this situation. Um, and that's especially important when it comes to uh, capital cases because you're basically asking the court, like, this person's life is valuable. Mm-hmm. Please don't kill them. And you're having to try and prove that. Which yeah. is a really strange thing, right? Sure. So um, there was this one case with this young boy who, uh, at like 19 or 20, uh, did something stupid, um, like robbed a car or a convenience store or something like that. He got 10 years in prison. 19. He got 10 years in prison. Jesus. He went into the system. I've done a lot of dumb shit at 19, by the way. I should be in prison right now. Well, and that's <clears> the <throat> other fucked up thing that like we can talk about. But it, it punishments are doled out really unfairly yeah um so this kid gets uh goes to prison um he doesn't have much education he's been pulled in and out of school um throughout his life his mother uh was a prostitute and a drug addict um he had two younger sisters that uh he was always like trying to protect from his mother's lifestyle and the people that were in the house um he incurred a lot of physical abuse mental abuse emotional abuse like this kid didn't really have much of a chance in life to begin with right yeah so he gets arrested he goes into prison he's scared he's young he's impressionable and you know maybe i'm giving him 
let's say that that's not even true. Like, maybe he went into prison as a monster. I highly doubt that. But he goes into prison. He gets mixed up with the white supremacists. Um, he becomes a gang member. Um, and he kills a guy in prison. Oh, man. And is being um, put on trial potentially for, like... He, he is on the road to death. Yeah. The state's going to kill him because of what happened. And, you know, the state never, never gave this kid a chance ever. Yeah. You know, uh, I'm not saying that like murder is okay at all, but like this was, this was like prison gang war sort of situation that the state put him in. And, and there's nothing in prisons that helps, uh, I mean, there is, I, I won't say there's nothing. I guess there are some like shitty, poorly funded programs, Yeah. but once these people are in this system, like you got to do what you have to do to survive. Yeah. And, and then it's like, no matter which way you turn, if once you get out of prison, like, let's say you do get an opportunity to get out, you've been institutionalized. You can't get a good job. You can't even fucking vote. I don't know if you knew that, but if you've been, uh, if you've committed a felony in the United States, you get your voting rights taken away from, from you. I got close to getting a felony one time. So I actually knew that. <laughs> What'd you do? I ran from the cops. Oh no! <laughs> but I was on foot, so luckily it was just a misdemeanor. Um, I crossed the railroad chair like a train was coming. I should be dead first off. Um, uh, my poor mother. Um, <clears throat> but I ran across some railroad tracks. I don't even know if she knows this story or not. But uh, hang tight, mom. Um, <laughs> I ran across some railroad tracks. Like the cops were after me. I got kicked out of a bar. Long story. There's more, to, more layers, but I'll just give you a, in, a, in a nutshell. Um, and I ran from that. He was like, "Cops are on the way. Sit right here and wait for them. Like they'll be." And I was like, "That's dumb. Of course not. Of course, there's a lot of booze involved as well." <laughs> um, but a train was. I could hear the train while this guy's like telling me, "Like cops are on the way, Dick. You're gonna. You're going to the slammer." I was like, uh, "You see these two legs that work really well? I'm gonna run right now." So I just took off. Um, but I remember just barely like missing the train. <laughs> And <laughs> like my heart was racing. I was like, holy shit. And then I looked under, you know, you can look like under the tires of a site seems weird. Cause they're like metal wheels. Look under the wheels of a train, not tires. Yeah. yeah. Tires have rubber. Um, so you look under the wheels of the train and there were four like police officers outside of the car, like looking back right at me. And I was like, Oh boy, I'm in big trouble now. Oh no, <laughs> That sucks. So as soon as like I tried to run and catch the train, but it was going at an incredible rate. Either that or I was just hammered at an incredible rate. (laughs) That's probably (laughs) a little bit of both. A little of both, uh, but I couldn't catch it. And then the cops caught me and they arrested me for evading arrest, which seems a little fucked up. Like, doesn't that mean I can't be charged with it if you caught me? Right, I didn't evade it. <laughs> didn't you evade got it. me. You got me. <laughs> now what are you going to charge me with? Like maybe if I ran away, it'd be like, this is his license. Send him an evading arrest thing in the mail because mm-hmm. he evaded a. I don't know. So that's that's that story. Sorry. So I that's got, how you know that. Uh, yeah. So that's how I know. And they're like, vote. you won't. Lucky, you almost. You know, if you were a felony, it would have been hard for you to get a job. And maybe not even vote. Don't, don't, don't. <laughs> it's like, oh, that wasn't a high priority at the time. It's weird in this country how we treat people that make mistakes. Financially or, mm-hmm. 
criminally. Oh, the bank system's completely fucked up too. But or that's even a with whole your whole health, right? Like, and that's not even yeah. your fault. Oh, dude, <laughs> I, know. I know. But we just don't. We don't have a whole lot of sympathy for people in this country, and the poorer you are, the less sympathy you get. Um, I mean, I can think of a thousand times growing up, and even I mean, I got pulled over the other day. Uh, my friend and I we were going out to watch the meteor shower. And uh, I like just ran a red light. So what happened was I was pulling out from the gas station and I was just kind of speeding up to get back in, uh, onto the, the road. I think the speed limit was like 45 or 50. It was kind of out um, past the city limits. So, you yeah. know, the speed limits pick up there. Mm-hmm. So I was trying, you know, I had my little dinky truck and I was pressing on the gas to uh, get my speed up and the light turned yellow. And I was like, well, I'm not going to slam on my brakes. So yeah. I'll just go through. And then at the same time I was going going through like somebody else uh was sort of turning and i remember kind of feeling like wow that was really close but there was not even a wreck was not going to occur like everything was fine it just looked because two cars were going in opposite directions like through this intersection like it looked a little scary but it was it was fine everybody had control of the situation right uh well a cop car their lights go off (laughs) immediately behind me i get pulled over um I had had two drinks uh, at dinner, uh-huh. um, so I was a little bit worried. And we'd also just stopped at a gas station. We'd gotten a bunch of beer because we were going to go watch <laughs> the, the media show. Let's load up. These stars um, aren't going to watch themselves. But all of that was like on the floorboard, and it was kind of covered up and stuff, right? So we get pulled over. The cop says, uh, where are you ladies coming from? I sidestep that question and say, oh, we're, we're going out to see the meteor shower. And he immediately was like, oh, there's a meteor shower tonight? Yeah. And I was like, yeah, the Presidis meteor shower. It's supposed to be like really uh, bright. Like this is the best visibility right now. And he was like, oh, that's so exciting. That's a, oh, look at you girls. You got your pillows and your blankets in the back of the truck. That's so nice. Mm-hmm. He was like, well, I'll be right back. I'm just going to like uh, take your license and do a little check or whatever. And Do you do um, this move? Do you like... Slide the little license, the little <laughs> investment criminal investigator license. No, like, don't. and no, because cops wouldn't. Maybe, maybe they wouldn't know who I work for. But like, in a way, like I, I, it's kind of a fun thing about my job. But my job is to check on a police officer's job. Oh, that would be good to hide it then. That's, right, that's down there with the beer. Like I can subpoena <laughs> police officers, which is one of my oh. favorite things to do. Like, here's a ticket. You got to show up to court, motherfucker. How do you like that? <laughs> that's so good it's so satisfying oh to tell a cop God. what to do <laughs> fuck yeah that sounds amazing I think I want to I think I want to pursue this career um, no I'd be yeah. in my head so he comes back and he goes oh uh, when he pulled me over he said you know why I pulled you over and I said yeah I, I'm really sorry um, I just didn't want to slam on my brakes I saw the yellow light I thought I could make it and he was like, yeah, well, also your uh, third brake light's out, and it seems your registration's out, too. Wait, what brake light? My third brake light. A third brake light? So uh, <laughs> on the on my truck, uh, right above oh. my back windshield, there's like a light. That's like my third brake light. And apparently it's a new-ish law. It seems redundant. Uh, that that is That also needs to be, it's against the law not to have that be working also. Huh. So I had three charges against me, right? Okay. He comes back, he hands me my license, and he goes, since you girls are going out to look at the meteors, I'm just going to give you three warnings tonight. 
And I was like, that's amazing. Thank you so much, wow. sir. Blah, 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 blah. And we drive away. And like, oh, also while the cops like checking my background, like we break out the snacks and we're just like snacking while the cops check it. Cause you know, yeah. we're middle class white girls. We ain't got <laughs> shit to worry about. <laughs> Oh my God, that's so. I mean, that's and he lets, and he lets sadly us go, true. right? Yeah. I know, and and I was kind of feeling like sort of giddy just because I, you know, there was so much could have gone wrong there. You know, like I, I had had something to drink. I wasn't drinking though. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I, I did have all of those things wrong that could have cost me a lot of money. Blah yeah. blah blah blah. And he just let us go, and I was like, that's ridiculous. Also, so fucked up that if I had been a man. A yeah. different color. Yeah. Like, that could have gone completely, completely different. And I read police reports, like, and it, it, the gall that police have to write down the way that they actually treat and talk to people mm-hmm. is, I mean, and they're being conservative, right? Then I go talk to the person and they tell me, you know, how it really kind of went down, right? Yeah. Um, cops have never talked to me that way in my entire life. And, and I mean, I knew that you in a like- sort of, like... Uh, when you're reading these reports, you're like, right. wow, they t- I didn't even know they said this kind of stuff. Well, I did, but, you know, you, uh, I, I did because I, I know, I believe people when they say that cops harass them. Are these not the, these aren't the same cops that you see, like, on cops? They are, though. That's the weird thing, is that it's like a switch. They choose who they're going to be respectful to and who they're not. Yeah. And, and I don't know, when you work with, when you start working more with indigent people, you kind of realize that... Um, they they don't have the same tools that we do mm-hmm. um, necessarily to control their emotions um, or uh, how they talk is sort of differently yeah. and and is taken as disrespectful mm-hmm. by cops a lot. Um, so just the way that I look, the way that I talk, the way that I dress. I used to keep a like a Marine Corps sticker on the back of my truck because my grandfather was a Marine. And he was like, "Cops love this," and they do fucking love that shit. Yeah, like it. It's shitty. I know how to manipulate a cop. Sure. But I, it it's all a, like a farce. Like we had like probably we had um, I had just been drinking. I had pot with me. Like yeah, had was, that cop taken just one second been like, I don't know about this and like pulled us out and like gone through stuff, maybe even given me a breathalyzer test. I mean I weigh hundred and twenty pounds. I'd taken a shot of tequila. 15, 20 minutes before I got pulled over, yeah. you know, I, it would have been completely different. Sure. Um, and it's, it just highlights to like getting away with that. I felt like, you know, that's how cops should react to that situation, but they only reacted to me that way because of who I am. And, and that truth is all the more like highlighted in my job. Like I see it. Yeah. And I, I feel like so much of America and so many people um, kind of from my like more small town roots kind of have this idea that, uh, you know, cops are honorable and, and that they're good and that they don't act that way and that they're all just doing their job and like back the blue and, and all that kind of sort of mentality. And these people are criminals. You, you can't trust what they say. It, it's all it's it's not true. Yeah. You take you just barely scratch the surface of this thing and you can see the very blatant racism and classism that's happening in the justice system. And it's appalling. Do you see, do you have an example of something that you saw, like maybe in a police report where you're like, Holy shit. I can't believe the cop. That girl. That girl with the backpack. 
Yeah. I mean, from the way the cop started talking to her initially, he thought that she was a liar. So she had, you know, she's a young girl. Um, English wasn't her first language. You know, cops ask you, like, where have you, like, where are you coming from? And he says that, like, she told him, like, three different stories. But she was really just, like, every time, he was like, where are you coming from? And she was like, uh, you know, um, my boyfriend's mom's house. And he was like, oh, yeah. And then they get to talking, and she was like, oh, well, we had just picked up this guy, the one in the back. He was like, well, I thought you said that you had just come from your boyfriend's mom's house. And she was like, well, we did, but, like, we picked him up, and then we came. He was like, oh, yeah. well, sounds like you're lying. And then he was like, so why don't you have... Um, uh, she didn't have her ID on her, actually. Mm-hmm. And she was like, well, I didn't bring my purse with me today. I was just I, I was going to be at the dealership all day. We just bought this car. And he was like, well, wait a minute. What do you mean you just you just left the dealership from buying? I thought you just said you just left your... And she was like, well, no. Like, we left the dealership and we went to his mom's house. And, you know, and like yeah. he's trying to turn it into this, like, these lies. Like, uh-huh. catching her in some sort of lie or whatever. When she's just like... I'm being to be casual yeah. about how her day <laughs> unfolded. Tell you everything, for God's sake. <laughs> yeah. Good God. And and it was appalling the way he was like kind of pouncing on her for stuff like that. So that would be kind of one example. I see. Yeah. Um, and then I had another one, and um, I'm really happy I also got this case dismissed. But I had another case where um, this guy was accused of domestic violence, and the police officer um, approaches him and. Um, tells him to his face like after the guy kind of told his story or whatever and it come to find out the guy was kind of lying um he the whole thing sort of happened or the situation he was he was lying to protect the fact that he was potentially having at least an emotional affair on his girlfriend yeah um so he was kind of like protecting his relationship by not giving every little detail to the cops but what he was telling them as far as what he was being charged for was true but the police officer told him to his face, I don't believe a word out of your damn mouth. Oh. <laughs> I was like, wow. And wrote that in his police report. Like, oh. And I said. <laughs> yeah. And then he said. Well, because he was, I, I kind of feel like the police was proud of himself. Like, yeah. I, I, I told that son of a bitch I knew he was a liar. Yeah. And come to find out, like, the guy wasn't lying. Um, and I got, like, there were, I, there were witnesses to kind of what happened. And and yeah, this girl was, you know, being crazy and vindictive and all of that stuff, Um, which is another part of my job that's really weird. So I go went into this job um, being kind of one of those people that, you know, don't don't victim blame. Don't uh, it's never the victim's fault. Doesn't matter what she was wearing, how drunk she was, any of that stuff. But part of my job, like I do investigate sexual assault cases and I do have to ask questions about, you know, how much somebody's had to drink and what kind of drugs they're doing. And um, and one of the things that I'm finding out, which is I I feel uh, like a traitor for saying to the world, but women absolutely lie about being raped. And women absolutely lie about being hit. And yeah. and that's a thing that we... And I think that maybe kind of goes into, like, this white privilege thing that we kind of think that, like, well, I would never do that. And, and the people I know wouldn't do that. But, like, um, when you get into situation... Like, prostitutes is a situation where this happens a lot. Like, prostitutes don't have any protection under the law. So when they get fucked over, one of the easy ways to kind of, like, get back at a guy is to cry rape or 
abuse or, you know, whatever else. And it happens a lot. Mm -hmm. Um, And it's just kind of a way that, like... And then our system, you know, we both of them get fucked in the end. Nobody's really getting helped out. Yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, that's kind of, and that's, then that's really hard for me to investigating those sorts of situations. Like <laughs> the murder stuff, that's, that's really bothered me as much as these <laughs> Murders like, all day long. Murders are <laughs> fine. <laughs> that's fine. No big deal. But the sexual assault stuff gets kind of grimy, especially like the children the child sexual assault stuff is really oh. like squirmy. Eesh, yeah. Th- I imagine that's got to just be awful. Um, the, I mean, the worst possible. I had this conversation recently of like, how much of a fucked up human do you have to be to like a kid, mind you? The, there's a book that I'm reading right now, and um, this lady's following around this author. He's talking about his travels, um, and she's a like a beautiful violinist and she um uh they're she's kind of awkward and his publisher's trying to convince him to like not have this weird crazy violinist come to dinner he's like she's a fan traveled all this way she's playing in the crowd like she obviously anyways they invited her to dinner and um he's like that's great like how did you become such a great violin player (laughs) she plays like over dinner um and she was like, oh, because I was raped. <laughs> and this author's like, see, told you she was crazy. I told you, like, this is not the kind of dinner conversation everybody wants. And it's, like, really awkward. And he's like, I just ended up like, okay, you care to go on and tell us more? And she used to go to a friend's house. And uh, an adult there used to, like, play this, like, game with her where he would, like, rub her back. And then eventually, like, he started touching more areas and vice versa. And the way that she got around it, like her parents would, she was young, so she didn't real, like she didn't, she knew it was wrong, but like didn't really know how to address it. So she tells um, her mother, like, no, I need to work on my, my violin. Like I, I suck at it. So like, I need to do this and to stay away from that house. She was like, you need to get out of the house. You need to go play, you go to your friend's house, go to the, these friends' houses, like across the street. It's like, no, I got to fact, like, I got to focus on my, on my craft. And uh, I don't know. Anyways that sparked the conversation of like, man, that's really, that's crazy how, I don't know. People would do that. Adults. For the, I don't know. Uh, I can't I speak to it. I'm sorry. I went on a, a rant about myself, but, uh, uh, or about like, it's fine. It, you I know, and relate. I do Let feel that way. <laughs> I get it, it. It does get really overwhelming and it's hard for me, um, sometimes to say objective, but then I, I have to kind of remind myself that, um, everybody deserves, a good investigation and, and mm. a good defense. Yeah. Um, and that's really the only tool that we have against the tyranny of the state. You know, um, if the DA or the police can walk into any situation and sort of decide for themselves what happens there and there's no kind of like follow up, uh, that's too much power. And so even if uh, one of the things that I read in my studies was something like, um, it's better for a hundred guilty men to go free than one innocent man to sit in jail. And that's kind of dramatic, but uh, the sentiment... No, I get I mean, I sort of agree with. Sure, like, same here. I wouldn't want anybody to go to prison without... I mean, I really don't even want anybody to go to prison. I think our prison system's fucked up. I don't think it helps anybody. I don't think it helps our society. Yeah. Um, you think there's no restitution in jail? Like, there's no... 
I don't know. Do you think that there's, why do you feel that way? I guess before I start also putting my like personal experience, like, and I'm reading this other book about restitution. And I was like, no. <laughs> uh, no, I, I guess I think that, um, for a couple of reasons, um, I think that there's data, there's there's numbers, there's proof that um, people going to prison um, don't come out uh, in a situation of rehabilitation, and they don't come out like with uh, a new opportunity in the world. Um, which kind of I, I started touching on this earlier when I was talking about how I, I think it's so weird in America how unforgiving we are of people that make mistakes. But even more than that, it's how um, much of a hard on Americans have for punishing people. You know, like, we like to rub people's face in their shit. You did something wrong, now we're going to do something wrong to you. And I think prisons are a really stark example of that. You've got, um, like, people, in, the food that people eat in prison is inhumane. It's awful. Um, Honey buns. Not e- like, uh, shitty, w- what's that, you know, you can buy those giant blocks of, like, meat. Baloney. Like, yeah, like ham <laughs> or turkey that you have to, like, shave bits of it off and then come in, like, like FUD or whatever. Yeah, no, they <laughs> come in, like, cubes. Yeah. And it's, like, this gelatinous, like, cube of of pork parts, I guess. Right. Um, I mean, w- w- baloney. <laughs> like, it's, it's just a big, I don't know. Right. Jello of meat. Um, we don't give people training in prison we don't give them education in prison there's no there's no way for i mean i don't want to say no not at all across the board because i know that's not true i just know that the systems that are in place aren't doing a really great job and that we don't as a society care enough about people that we consider criminals to focus at all on on uh, like rehabilitating the prison system yeah we like the whole priv- privatization of prisons, that whole thing has has completely increased how many people are being incarcerated and how long they're incarcerated. Um, the reasons why people um, prisons like keep people there, like infractions, the, the sort of things that you can get infractions for, um, all of this stuff is just yeah, the most inter- not helpful at all. Sure, yeah. Um, I think the thing that I, I find most interesting is, uh, out of all of that, uh, is that uh, you say data. You, know, you say data. Da- you say data. <laughs> oh, <fuck laughs> I the most interesting data. thing that you said <laughs> is that. Uh, so you said, uh, I, you were on a rant. I couldn't intervene. But is that, how you, do you say, <laughs> you say data or data? I think both work, like caramel and caramel. Which one do you say? Uh, both or both? No. No, it's not both. <laughs> I just got to reach in there. I, really I say caramel. I say caramel too, but lots of people say caramel. I think, unless you're talking caramel, I don't know. I've never had a, a chocolate caramel. Chocolate and caramel? Chocolate caramel? Salted caramel? Salted caramel, yeah. You can't say salted caramel. You can say salted caramel. I say, yeah, I, I think they're interchangeable. Oh, man. I think I use both. Do you I think spell I'm a, gray with an A or an E? I've had this conversation before, actually, <laughs> um, but I do A, gray. I think I change it up. Like yeah. Sometimes I'm like, I feel like an E. An, an E just looks nicer. Yeah, I wouldn't correct it if it was E. I would, I would, I'd go right along with it. But mm-hmm. I do A for some reason. Gray. All right, do you say crayons or crayons? Uh, I say crayons. <laughs> <laughs> no, I say crayons. 
I know that I know a lot of people say crayons though, and that God, that's fun. It's fun to hear. I think I don't know why. I'm like you're just doing that. You're just um, a comedian. One time I heard. Well, Rami, you want to Sorry. I gave him a little finger <laughs> like, yeah, oh, right, where? Sandra gave me the wrap it up. Like, okay, come on. So what's, where's the story going? <laughs> Comedian said that, um, fuck, I forgot his name. Damn it. Anyways, he was like touring and through Austin, of course. Um, he was like, oh, this guy's got a cowboy hat on. He's like, I fucking love it. Like, it's not Halloween or anything. You're just out there wearing that thing around. Like, the most uneconomical hat ever. Like, it doesn't shade you at all. You, it's, it, I don't know. It's, it's, it's terrible. Like, it's bent up on the side, so, like, your shoulders get sunburned. <laughs> like, if anything, like, it, it hinders you from seeing forward. Uh, what are you protecting back there? Like, I don't know. It was kind of funny. That was the whole joke. The point of it, uh, the point of, like, when he was like, I love, I love, I just get a kick out of people that are just wearing cowboy hats. Like, it's something internally that I'm like, oh, he's wearing one. So I get a kick out of people that say, like, crayons. I'm like, oh, you're not even trying to make me laugh, but you're doing it. That's where I was going with that. Oh, yeah. I Sorry. That's a little reach for <laughs> a connection lot. there. Man, I need to stay on. Cowboy hats, crayons. Crayons, cowboy hats. Oh, my. Fuck me. Um, man, I didn't even get to any of these really dumb questions because you're so captivating um uh da, 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 da. but i had a few um yeah, i don't know they were kind of silly uh i thought you spent a lot of time like on insurance fraud like you weren't doing these crazy like i deal with rape and arrest and drugs and fucking incarceration and interrogating cops way more interesting than i thought i don't i i have actually never had to interview a cop um and i don't think i ever would no not necessarily because uh, i you know what i don't know i don't know why i've never been asked to interrogate police but one um i don't necessarily know if they would talk to me um and b like they can be brought up on the stand and i think uh most attorneys would expect that uh, a police officer would stand by his police report. Whereas when you're talking to civilians, like civilians change their stories all the time. Yeah. That's one of the reasons why uh, I'm asked to go talk to them. Cause it's kind of like, well, they said this in the moment, but they might say something completely different. Um, Does that change ever? Do you see a cop like, well, I, uh, yes, I was kind of having a bad day and I did say this, but I probably should have, I probably should have. No, said I, I haven't. I actually, I've never been to trial. I haven't been to trial yet, um, so I've never sat through uh, a criminal trial and seen police uh, be interrogated on the stand or anything like that. Yeah. Um, yeah. I people think usually when I tell people that I'm a private investigator, uh, which I try not to use that anymore. Yeah. Um, but actually, it doesn't matter what I say. The reaction from people is always kind of overwhelming. It's hard to say that, like, I am an investigator uh, and the word criminal and people aren't like, that's really cool. And I'm like, it sounds cool. <laughs> it's really tedious and boring. I drive around a lot. I talk to people about uncomfortable situations. I have to write what they say in this, like, certain kind of form. My hand gets really, like, tonight before I came over, I had to go do an interview. And I'm, like, sitting outside um, in this sort of like trailer parkish 
area and I'm getting eaten by mosquitoes and I'm sweating my ass off and I'm yeah. trying to write down this woman's story while she's chain smoking at me and there's like <laughs> kids like yelling at her and like she's like getting distracted and dealing with the kids and then come back and you know and then people get to talking to me and then they talk about things that are completely irrelevant and I have to yeah. bring them back in and but also me, at the same time not be <laughs> I can be a little ruder to you. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you can get, you don't get to give the wrap like wrap it up fingers yeah, to everybody. Yeah, I can't do that to, okay. to people. Um, and and you know it it is really tedious and it's like stressful emotionally and mentally. Um, yeah, but at the same time, I do. Sometimes I kind of like going on these weird excursions because they put me in parts of town that I that I would never be in. Like I I didn't really I always kind of laughed when people would talk about like Austin having a ghetto, mm-hmm. and I've been in pockets of Austin now that like I'm not laughing anymore. Like there really? are areas in Austin that are fucking scary to be in. Really? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think the the most nervous that I've ever been wasn't in Austin. It was outside of San Antonio. I had to go do an interview in this trailer park. And I show up at this trailer park, and thank God I was training somebody, so I wasn't alone. Had I been alone, this would have been even worse. But I show up at this trailer park, and uh, first I have to talk to this guy that's in a motorcycle gang and a meth addict. And um, I go, I talk to him, and, you know, he's really weird and, like, really, like, wary of who I am. And um, he won't let me take a statement, but, like, I, I get a couple of questions out of him, whatever. Um, and then I have to go talk to somebody else that's sort of his neighbor. This whole trailer park just looks like a bunch of dilapidated Dilapidated, dilapidated, dilapidated. <laughs> Some old trailers. Some old That's broken <laughs> down trailers. It's my favorite thing that Porky Pig used to do, and he's like, "It's a It's a It's a predicament." He was trying to like say predicament, and he's like, "It's a situation." Like he just changes it completely. I'm not sure what it is. It's a it's a situation. So these old broken down, boarded up trailers. There's garbage everywhere. There's like mangy dogs everywhere. And I have to, like, sit outside and interview this woman who's obviously very high, like, tweaking her fucking face off. um, While this other guy is, like, he's working on, like, a piece of his car. And I I don't know a whole lot of mechanics. I know a little bit. um, And it does. I I don't think he's doing anything. (laughs) He's just kind of got a tool and this piece of metal. And he's kind of just, like, picking at it. And like flipping it over and like picking at the other side. And yeah. I don't I don't know. I don't really think he was doing anything. <laughs> and in the midst of my um, Meantime there's no engine in the car. <laughs> like he's just <laughs> there's a there's a small table in there and he's playing quarters. Uh in the middle of this interview, like uh, like a drug deal goes down almost right in front of me. Like this woman comes over Christ. and she's like eyeing me wear- really warily. And then she's talking to him and she's like, can we, uh, and she's like motioning towards the house. And she's like, I just, you know, can we just, uh, I just want to, can we, I just want to talk, can we, I just talk to you? And he finally like pays attention to her and goes inside and they oh. come out like 10 minutes later. Followed by another woman with like a four-year-old, adorable little girl. Oh, does um, that kill you to see like the kids like, oh, you fucking yes. sweet, sweet. Yeah, absolutely. Um, that's Tragedy. all I can think about is like this kid. They have, 
no power in this situation. Everything that happens to them, them being in this place, all of that, like they have no control over. And Ugh. like, this is the type of person that's going to get arrested at 19 and, and you know. Yeah, join a white supremacist gang. <laughs> or some and other gang, yeah, right, yeah. Like more jail time for killing some, I don't know. Um, yeah, that Oof. well, and then so uh, this interview takes quite a while because I'm trying to wrangle this woman into like a cohesive story, you know. Um, <laughs> yeah. and do, you, do you use a tape recorder, or is I just I, I have started using a tape recorder, but uh -huh. um, it doesn't really do me any good because in the moment, like I have to write out this statement and then they sign it, and they can't. This, and I only use the recordings if anything that it comes up in court is questioned. Can you use a laptop? I feel like my typing would be a lot better. They like, can't sign anything on my laptop. Oy vey. I've thought about all these things. I use oh. my laptop to do interviews that I don't have to have statements for, um, Man, which I is could, only with clients, basically. I, there's no fucking way I could write that fast. Do you mm. look back at your handwriting and you're like, what the fuck did I scribble right there? No, I have to be clear because it has to be submittable to court. Oh my lord! Yeah. I would you you would get the finger from me when I'm, you're like telling me a story. I'm like a second. Oh, I do that to people all the time. Just, I'd be like, I, I just need to catch up with you. Give me just a second. Yeah. And but you also have to keep people because people get mm -hmm. agitated. So you okay, know, you said small his, talk. His car was green. Like, <laughs> all right. right. Uh, we we left our car green. So I I, I get this interview from this woman, um, and there's one other person that's potentially around that I'm trying to find, uh, and right around this time I figure out that I had locked my keys in my truck. Oh no! Oh fuck! So I had to call the Papa Lock guy, and when I told him where I was, he was like, "That's gonna be like half an hour to forty-five minutes, right?" Doesn't Papa Lock uh, remind you of like Papa Smurf? I feel like I'm calling like my dad, like Dad, my keys, Papa, Papa Lock, my keys, no, my keys I never my car, thought Papa. about that till, just, oh. till you just said that. All right, let's see if I can get down there. Uh, yeah, so. Um, I lock my keys in my car. I call Papa Lock. Mm -hmm. They tell me how long it's going to be. Um, I can't find the other person I, I'm looking for. So at this point, it's just a waiting game as the sun's going down. And as the sun's going down, all of these trailers that I thought were just boarded up, abandoned garbage trailers, like human beings, half dead human beings start emerging from them as the sun's going down. Yeah, out of these shanty-esque um, Yeah, and back, grouping up in places and they'll go into someone's house and like all of this stuff is happening. Uh, I see this one woman come out and this woman looks like... Do you know... And I'm not trying to be offensive at all, uh, but do you know that the kind of look that people with Down syndrome sort of have? Like, she looks sort of like that, yeah. but... Um, uh, you know, I'm not not one hundred not one hundred percent. She's really, really, really skinny, but just has this sort of like soft, strong, wide kind of yeah. like a, strong brow. Yeah, uh, yeah. Kind of like I look. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, more than anything, she just looks like potentially. I guess my point is, is that this woman looked like she was potentially like mentally handicapped, like not yes. like totally S some sort of visually. Yeah. She looked like she might possibly have some sort of um, mental handicap. Right, exactly. Um, and she was, you know, really, really, really skinny, could have been anywhere between 19 and 56. Mm -hmm. Um, and she has what looks like the sickliest, tiniest newborn baby that I've oh. ever seen. Oh, and that, man. that hurt even more than the like four year old, the four year old, like 
she was clean and plump and had clean clothes on and shoes and yeah. everything. This like dirty, skinny woman comes out of the trailer with this dirty like newborn in uh. a saggy diaper, and it was. Oh, oh, it broke man. my heart. That's terrible. Um, and then I start getting scared because, like, the the young boys start coming out and they're like kicking the garbage can dogs and and riling them up and they're all eyeing us really weird yeah. and I'm like, oh fuck, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so bad. Uh, the papa like guy comes. He's having a hard time getting my truck open, but it finally works out and I get out of there like right as the sun like drips below the horizon like i make it out like oh uh, my god it's like a horror movie <laughs> <I know. laughs> like i got out of town open just the door what's the matter with you it's stuck i can't like, just open it jiggle out. it jiggle the fucking handle like i can't i'm jiggling it i'm jiggling it here he comes and then you open the door and leave and the axe goes through the yes. door as it closes it felt that way yeah absolutely oh, um that that was a hard interview um especially because i do all of that right and then um it, it might not even be necessary. There's, like, some reasons why the case might get dismissed um, that have nothing to do with me or the work that I did. And, like, it's fine. I'm going to get paid for it. Like, whatever. Yeah. But, like, I put myself through stuff like that. And then sometimes it's for not. And, oh, or, like, I could go and be in that situation and not get any interviews. Like, people can totally be like, fuck you. I'm not talking to you. And I'm, I, you know. Does like, that happen? Uh, Is that common? Does that happen often where you're like, no. It doesn't happen a whole lot to me. Talk to my lawyer. That's what I got to say about it. I think the fact that I'm 5'4 and uh, a girl and like just like I, I, my tattoos actually give me street credit. Like people just warm right up to me. I don't look like a cop. Yeah. I don't act like a cop. You definitely have the upper hand as far as yeah, a people... private investigator. If I was if I wasn't some bald guy with like binoculars <laughs> and my Toyota Yaris. Uh, can I talk to you for a second? Come here, young man. I want to. I want to talk to you. Actually, about- you'd probably be good at it, like because oh, yeah. of your job as a bartender. That was part of what they were interested in is my like customer service ability and my um, talent to just be uh, approachable with people. Yeah. Um, we had another person on the staff that came up like more than once had a problem where people like thought he might be a cop and like didn't really want to talk to him or were sort of like just sort of saw him as a th- he was. Much taller than me, much bigger than me, older, uh, had sort of a cop look to him, and and people shut down around him because they see that person, they're like authority figure. Yeah, <laughs> it was fucked up to say about me myself, but nobody looks at me and they're like, that girl's an authority <laughs> figure. That girl's taking me to jail. <laughs> yeah, no, I would have a cocktail with you. Is what you look like. Let's have a drink. Yeah, most people are like. What do you want to talk about, sweetie? Come yeah. on Come in. Come on in. Would you like a bottle of water? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's good. Yeah. That's awesome. I got offered chicken and dumplings tonight. I told them I was I, I had a date. Like, thank you so much. They were, but I got a date tonight. And they were like, ooh, ooh good luck. Tell me about it. It's just a lie, but yeah. this isn't a date, Adam. <laughs> Son of a bitch. <laughs> I don't want you to get the I wrong idea. I told people I had a date, too. No, this is not a date. Damn it. <laughs> Fuck. I'm still going to tell people that. <laughs> I'm going to edit this and it's going to come out real nice like. And then we had dinner. You're just going to was... edit out the not part. Yeah. This is a date, Adam. <laughs> yeah. This is absolutely a date, Adam. <laughs> There was a long pause before. Oh, my Lord. <clears throat> That's radical. Um, let's see. 
Um, I don't know. I feel pretty good. We usually end the podcast with a poop story, but last time you told a poop story. I told Do a you have any poop, poop story. stories that surround this um, particular profession? Have you ever like been at work and they're like, ah, oh, he's pooping. <laughs> like, no, but I'm I... not coming out of the bathroom till you talk to my <gasps> lawyer. Like, Dan, you got to come out here. I saw you stole that stereo. I don't know. I got to give a statement to Best Buy that you didn't steal the stereo. Like, nope, not doing it. <laughs> I'm taking a shower. You're in the closet. No. No, nothing, no, like, that. nothing like that. Um, I do have kind of like a fun anecdotal story. Yeah. It happens in a bathroom, so there's that. It's not a poop story. That's but. fine. So um, I, I read all of this in a police report. I, I want to, because I think what I find so funny is how this story was like retold to a police officer. Uh-huh. <laughs> so, um,. This guy goes over to his buddy's house. Uh, his buddy lives in a house uh, with a couple other people. They're all meth addicts. Um, and he shows up one morning. It's like 8, 8.30 in the morning, maybe even a little earlier. Uh, and he's got a bag of tacos because this friend of his uh, was in a, an accident. Uh, so doesn't have like a whole lot of really good mobility or like the best control of his bowels and stuff. So he's sort of bedridden and, you know, he's not doing so well. So his buddy comes over uh, a couple of times a week and brings him breakfast. Um, so he comes over and he knocks on the door and nobody answers the door and he opens it and it's unlocked. Uh, and one of the first things he notices is like a trail of blood on the on the ground. So he follows the trail of but- blood into his buddy's room he opens the door. Uh, his buddy's bed is like covered in blood, uh, and about the and he's like calling his friend's name, no answer. Um, in the bedroom, the bedroom's like kind of across the hall from the bathroom, and he can hear water running in the bathroom. So he goes into the bathroom. Uh, he opens the door, and his friend is sitting in the bathtub, half naked with the water running just covered in blood um and the guy goes hey man are you all right (laughs) and his friend goes what the fuck do you think and the guy and when he turns to him his friend has uh like what looks like part of a pickaxe sticking out of his forehead oh like just straight sticking out his forehead and i saw these pictures like this guy the pickaxe was like a good inch and a half into the front of his forehead right so he turns towards him he's got this thing and the guy's reaction was you got something in your forehead man (laughs) (laughs) and the guy goes no fucking shit and turns back around and like continues like washing all the blood off of him And I just good observation, man. Right, like I, I, I can see this happening yeah. so clearly. Like you, somebody's just in shock, and you just say the stupidest things yeah. coming out. Like this guy is bleeding to death in the bathroom with a pickaxe sticking out of his forehead, and his yeah. friends like, "Hey, man, are you are you okay? I don't know if you know this, but there's something sticking out of your forehead. Hey, man, you're bleeding to death. Like, yeah, I'm cleaning it up right now." Yeah. <laughs> like, oh, that's where the headache came from. I didn't realize. He touches the other side. Like, where over here? Where? Uh, where is that? <laughs> no, let me get uh, it. Only it had a better sense side. of humor. <laughs> yeah. But that story, I remember. I, I read it, and it just tickled me because it was just the full, like, shock. Foolish things, <laughs> weird, absurd situation. 
<laughs> Those Fuck. are the little nuggets of like. Yeah, that. F- fun I get to have. <laughs> that's a fun day for me right there. Like, well, that sounds nice. Somebody said something stupid and yeah. made me laugh. <laughs> then I mouth silently. Oh my god, <laughs> my job's not that bad. Oh, holy smokes. Do you have anything that we didn't cover that you'd like to talk about? Um, I don't know. I, I think that I came in here, like, sort of thinking about this interview and, like, what mm, I thought would be important to talk about. I mm-hmm. think we kind of hit on all of it. You did um, good. You did really good. Yeah, I I think what I find... I don't know if I'll stick with this work or not. Um, I do like it. I'm not 100% sure if it's completely for me. Um, But I do think that it's really important work. And it has given me uh, a really interesting perspective. Like, I, I knew that the justice system was fucked up in a sort of, like, mm, detached way. Um, but to see how these things play out and, like, be able to zero in on, like, this is why the justice system is fucked up. And this is how it affects people in an unfair way. And, and now I just don't, I don't necessarily know what to do with that knowledge, um, except like tell people about it. Hey, I don't know if you know this, but Texas doesn't have a public defender. Maybe you should give a shit about that. Yeah. Um, yeah. Maybe you should look into why Texas has such a high incarceration, incarceration rate. Yeah. Uh, thing, things like that, I think. Yeah, it's important. I learned something. I mean, I didn't know these things until just now. That's really good. That's all all that I ask for in a, uh, <laughs> a podcast. Learn something new. Learn so yeah, be a little informative. Maybe tell a little story. Uh, mm-hmm. Shed shed some light on something that people don't. I don't know. Um, you did really good. You checked all the boxes. Yeah, you crushing it again. Thanks. Crushing yeah, this was it good. again. A little less less self deprecating than the first one, but just as dark. Yeah, you know? <laughs> I don't want anybody to think that. I'm brightened up at all. <laughs> yeah, you're still a very, very dark person. There's, there's not a lot of, uh, there's not a lot of light behind those eyes. There's a lot oh. of d- dead eyes. <laughs> just <laughs> not true. I have very I'm bright, shining, lively eyes. You Thank do. You very yeah, much. that would fool anyone. <laughs> <laughs> the heart is dead. The eyes are the alive. Eyes are alive. Yeah, very bright. Very bright. Oh my god, that's great. Um, well, thanks. Uh, that's it for us. Play us out, shitty ukulele. All right, this happens from time to time. I'll stop the podcast, and then I'll start talking to my guests, and they're like, and then this happened. And I'm like, holy shit. And then this happened. I'm like, holy shit. And then this happened one time in my job. Oh, and I forgot about this. Um, tell, me what we were t- tell me what we just got done talking about. You asked me in Travis County. Right, okay. Uh, well, I, I feel like we should give a little bit of background of where okay. uh, I, I came into this. So I was kind of talking about how uh, one of the big obstacles in my job is, uh, is money. Um, because Texas doesn't have a public defender, um, there's not a, like, uh, government funding, uh, that, I don't know how to explain this exactly, but there, cases, individual cases are, um, appointed an attorney and, and, uh, a certain amount of funds. And if, 
the work that you're going to do on that case takes any more time than those funds are uh, a lot, you have to ask the court for more money. Uh, and this kind of creates like sort of a, a negative um, motivation for attorneys. One, uh, you're not private attorneys definitely make more money from private cases than they do uh, with these like indigent public cases. I, I, don't, I guess they're not public cases, but like from the uh, court appointing cases. And then also like they don't want to um, pester the court because, you know, you get on a judge's nerve. They're not going to potentially they're not going to be as friendly with you. Right. Yeah. So uh, what I was just telling Adam was that one of the uh, statistics that I learned in my training was um, so in 2014, uh, out of 2,500 criminal cases in Travis County, I asked him uh, how many did he think realistically were um, investigated by the defense? And you said, I said probably I would assume like half because I'm I'm anticipating like maybe like, oh, I'm sure 50 percent of it probably gets messed up because we've got a decent system. Right. Maybe 50 50. Right. I'm assuming would be fair. That seems like a reasonable like, oh, yeah, that much got. Well, um, I don't know. Looked into, looked right? into uh, right. further, like, oh, okay, we're, we're not finished yet. Um, right. And I, I think when I uh, took the course, my guess was something like 30%. Something like 30%, that. 30%, like, yeah. Yeah, because I, well, and that was Travis County, but then you think of, like, maybe smaller counties, you know, was, yeah, I was kind of thinking. Fall through the cracks a little right, bit. Sure. The answer was 87. 87. <laughs> 87 out of 2,500, roughly. <laughs> Fuck. Yeah. Me. Holy shit. Uh, so that's people just being railroaded straight to prison without uh, a proper defense investigation, without anybody else ever second-guessing uh, a police officer, even, like, witness statements. Like, witness statements are, you know, you I'll, I'll talk to five people about a situation, and the details will be so different it's not even that anybody's lying it's just that our memories are so kind of weird so like yeah. uh, five different people will describe five different cars yeah in a single situation and and since the police in their initial investigation they're looking for the crime they're looking for the criminal they want to close the case they've got these witnesses saying this that or the other um you know it's like case closed we got the guy and then you come back and you talk to these people and you realize that fucking, you know, Joe has really poor eyesight and wasn't wearing his glasses that day. And the, you know, gray sedan that he saw doesn't even exist because our client was driving a white Civic. I don't know. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like yeah. these little details aren't really. How well versed are you on cars now? Where you're like, <laughs> uh, oh, oh, you mean a Jeep Liberty? I know exactly what that fucking looks like. No, yeah. not at all. I haven't gotten there yet. Oh, really? No. <laughs> Believe it or not, cars aren't us- a, a usual central focus oh, okay. of investigation. Right. I, I, I assume that with like police officers too. Police officers as well. Sorry, we've been drinking whiskey as well. <laughs> on top of that, this is probably why like the conversation got like really dicey. Like, you know what else? Like fucking rape, man. Let's talk about rape. And I'm like, whoa, this is crazy. Let's get back on the mics over here. Tell me about the rape thing as well. Where you were talking about like oh, it's different. I didn't know. Uh, yeah, I don't. I se- mean, and, sexually. And, uh, 
I'm not uh, I'm not a lawyer. I don't have a law degree. Um, some of the stuff that I'm saying is still like I'm still learning. So uh, again, like I guess I just don't want uh, you, Adam, to get like overwhelmed with these emails about how much of a filthy, dirty, <laughs> idiot liar I am. Um, don't worry, I ignore but most But I guess I, I was talking about the kind of the more like slimy part of my job. Sometimes is um, sometimes a client did do something that isn't all that great, like rape. Um, and, and the nuances, uh, nuances of it can make a really big difference. So like, um, you know, did he touch or penetrate? Did, was it outside of the clothes or inside of the clothes? Like that can, that sort of thing can make a big difference. Yeah. And those sort of questions can be like really uncomfortable. So I can have this client that I'm like, I know that this person, I don't really like this person. I don't, I don't really like what it, it, it seems like they're doing. I feel really uncomfortable as a woman. And also as like somebody that survived being assaulted, um, I, some of this stuff does make me feel creepy crawly. Yeah. And then to have to kind of dig into it and then talk to the woman and be like, all right, so how many drugs were you on? And had you had sex with this guy before? And had yeah. he any reason to think that, you know... Did he really touch the outside or, of your vagina? Right. Or did he touch the inside of your right. vagina? And and we're so... You know, we're taught not to victim blame. And and I... And you're saying... I, sorry, go ahead. And I... Yeah, I guess I kind of already said that before. That, like, yeah, women absolutely do lie about rape. But even then, like... Even when a woman has been assaulted... There's these little, I, I think the thing that we were talking about that I think is so weird, because you said um, either way the impact on the woman is kind of the same, right? Like it doesn't matter if she penet- if she's yeah. penetrated or S- not. Like Sayonara, she's still- healthy relationship with a, a man that right. you can trust. Like maybe you never trust a man again. Like, oh, you just want to touch my vagina. No, right. I think I'll sleep with women. I th- just stick with women. <laughs> right. I was going to sleep with men and women, but now just women. Thanks to you, Uncle. Right. No, yeah, so-and-so. exactly. Um so it doesn't matter how traumatic the situation was for the woman. Yeah. When it comes down to the law, there's all of these like tiny little details yeah. well, he that just matter Go ahead. as far as how this guy's sentencing goes or whether this guy is charged for one crime. Was it assault? Was it aggravated assault? Was it, you know, um, and that can be sort of difficult for me, at, you know, as a woman oh. to kind of. I can only imagine. That's so fucking crazy. Like, I I mean, I don't know. Like, I, I can't, I can't relate one. Um, I just know like how insanely like fucked up that is as. That's how the, also kind of how the, it's just how the law works. Right. And, um, it's weird to me. And I'm just kind of like paraphrasing here, but like, Outside of the vagina could be like two years, and inside of the vagina could be twenty years. Like it, it's that small difference. Is yeah. that is that I, I mean, accurate? I don't, I don't know how one accurate that is exactly. Because um, I, again, I don't know the nuances of the law, but I do know that you know that is something that is a difference sometimes and can be like brought up as a. Uh, we need to get this detail, whether th- it happened this way or it happened that way. It makes yeah. a difference. I don't know exactly what that difference is, but it does seem to make a difference. Yeah. Um, and this is kind of grimy, but like you can, I mean, some people can only be stimulated externally than like <laughs> internally, <laughs> you know, I don't know, but like, I'm just saying like, eat, t- t- 
to put to slap like a lesser charge externally oh, yeah, seems okay, really yeah, fucked yeah, yeah. up. I like, see what you mean. Yeah. Who who's mm-hmm. writing this law? Um, <laughs> I know it seems funny. Like, all right, Adam, it sounds like you're talking about the personal experiences <laughs> here. Uh, <laughs> but well, I, mean, I know how much women enjoy external stimulation, <laughs> so it just seems to me that that would be worse. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Um, no, but shit just got really dark though. <laughs> um, yeah, that's like who who determines that? Like, I guarantee a woman probably didn't write that law. Like, sure, you yeah. get a lesser charge if it's outside, but if it's inside, that's a big problem. Yeah, I should I should look that up because again, I'm I'm not 100 percent sure how true that is or or what the lesser charge or like a boob is like a boob exactly. is less than yeah. I, I it seems like it 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 could it might be I mean because. Even if it's not uh, down to the letter, like it might make a difference in the mitigation. Like, uh, so uh, a second degree felony can get anywhere from two to twenty years. Like, that's a pretty huge. It's uh, a wide, wide range of right. like. So, like maybe a tit gets you four years, but like inserting your finger in a vagina gets you twenty years. Like, seems so fucked up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I don't. I don't I'm not one hundred percent sure exactly how that works. But I. I know that. Like, those details are important for some reason. Yeah. Um, so it, it seems to make some sort of difference. Yeah, the only thing I can think of is, like, like a brush up against, like, well, my boobs hit every Like, I'm large-breasted lady, and uh, I don't know. Were <laughs> like, you trying to go with this? I, was, I just meant, I'm now I'm playing devil's advocate of, like, maybe, okay, maybe it's lesser because there are several accidents. Oh, it's, sure, sure. It's less of an accident if you graze... Of a, I'm just thinking well, that, in my I mean, own and that's head. also part of the. You're, you're getting to a good uh, idea, I think, because that is part of the investigation too. Like, um, so you say this guy touched your breast. Did he touch him with his hands, or yeah. did the, he? Was it like uh, did he back touch. up into you, or like you know, in what situation was this? What was it? The back of his hand, like, and then like, what was he doing? You know, kind of questions like that, where like somebody's like, I've been assaulted, and I feel victimized and you kind of have to go in and be like well what exactly happened and and have you been victimized yeah in in the letter of the law not on how you feel and i think that was kind of the big part of what we were talking about before that um it doesn't really matter how much how traumatic you as a human being have felt that you've gone through because somebody assaulted you it sort of matters kind of more what they did and how that fits into the letter of the law Ugh. which is weird yeah man um it's wild it is it's fucking wild um but then the other part of it and i was just thinking of this like um you know what do you what do you do with a rapist and i know like people are gonna be listening to this and they're like cut his dick off throw him in prison forever let him rot there and and that's not gonna make rape go away like rape is a culture and I don't know. I, 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 this is something that I still feel like really unsure about, like what the right answer is for rehabilitation. Like, what do you do with a murderer or a thief or a racist or a rapist or a racist? <laughs> um, you know, because throwing them in prison is kind of going to feed all the worst things about that person. Any trauma that they have, any mental disorder that they have. You've got um, camaraderie of like other 
fellow fuck-ups, essentially. Um, well, you're definitely not in a healthy environment that's in any way helping you kind of get through. Like, if you think of, like, a rapist as maybe being somebody that's got, like, something fucking wrong in the way they think about the world. Yeah. Like, throwing them in prison is not going to fix that. Sure. If anything, they'll get out of prison, and whatever had made them be a rapist um, is still there. Maybe they'll be better at hiding it next time, or maybe they'll kill the person next time. I don't know. Like, yeah. I'm, you know, maybe going down a, a dark, exaggerated path here, but, like... No, I, I agree with you. Like, I, I feel like if... I enjoy eating meat, and if somebody were, were to rehabilitate me, don't lock me in a steakhouse. <laughs> I'm going to want to, as soon as I get out, I'm going to go get fucking a steak. Sure. Um, but if you throw me in a vegan restaurant, and I, I might learn... Teach you how to yeah, eat. I might learn something right. from some vegetarians and be like, you know, I really want to, I really want a steak, but I've learned to like this salad and I think I'm going to be all right. I don't know. That's a really fucked up analogy. I know. It's really bad. (laughs) I never claimed to be some scholar with analogies. Um, But I imagine things fucked up really. I mean, I, I don't know. I, I, I don't have all the right answers. Um, And this job has definitely made me, think less black and white about things. I mean, I've, I I try to always be a pretty open-minded person. I don't have any, like, strong ideals that I hold on to, um, like, with an iron fist sort of thing. Like, I, yeah. I'm kind of up for different points of views. I think that's smart part. to be able to, like, well, I don't, I don't have the answer, but I'm willing to listen to both sides and then make an opinion. Right. Or, or formulate my own thought from that, but I can't. I'm not confident enough to, like, draw my own line in the sand and, like, well, kill them all. Nuke them. Blast the bastards. I think we should we should get Australia, send all the prisoners over there, and make our own. <laughs> I don't know. I, but I do think maybe one um, very obvious solution to some of these things is that there needs to be more... Um, like, funding and, and attention when it comes to the criminal justice system because when someone like Brock Turner can only go to prison for three months. Who that? Oh, you don't know about Brock Turner. Or mm-hmm. maybe I should just tell everybody. Can Brock you... Turner is the uh, white boy college student that um, uh, sexually assaulted a drunk girl behind a dumpster and was caught by two guys walking by and kind of like ran off and then when he was arrested, the newspapers put his swimming times in the newspaper and kind of like wrote about how he was such a good student and such a good athlete and had never done anything wrong in his life. And Where was then, this at? I think it happened in California, but I'm not 100% sure. I do know that like kind of the biggest thing about it was uh, the girl wrote this really long uh, like letter that she presented in court that kind of described everything that she went through from the uh, assault uh, up through the trial. Yeah. Um, I mean, it was all pretty horrendous, but someone like Brock Turner, Turner because he had a lot of money, uh, so he had probably good mitigators, a good attorney. Uh, he was looked at by the court as somebody with a future um, that he got off pretty pretty easily and then I work with people people sometimes that are in these kind of like 
much less obvious situations of assault. Now, I don't, I don't want to just come out and say that they are 100% innocent or 100% guilty, but, um, you know, these guys face the predominantly, um, indigent they're they're predominantly black or hispanic um and the way that the courts treat them and the money that they get um to because right that's what i was saying to you like if i if i came to you and was like you've been charged with a crime that either the outcome is murder or life in prison yes and the county's only gonna give you seven hundred dollars for the defense to build a case for you. Yeah. That seems kind of fucked up. Like your whole life, my entire life de- is worth $700, 700 bucks. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. Um, because I don't have like a, a, a great upbringing. My family's poor. I'm in debt. Uh, my Camaro got repossessed last week. Like, and maybe even things like, uh, you know, you've had petty crimes in your past. So you're already looked at as like a, a, a ne'er do well. Yeah. Uh, that, you know, it, isn't any good for society. We need to get somebody like you off the street. Um, the courts will be way, 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 way harder on you with less evidence than a situation like O.J. Simpson. What did you say? I thought that was really clever. If the, if if the, the glove, glove doesn't fit, fit, then you must acquit. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, that's, that's basically like the more money you have, you can hire. You were saying that like you get half. You're Okay. Um, so basically the more money that you have, um, the more money you have, like the better off you are because you can, you can just hire a team of investigators or a team of investigators, a team of attorneys, attorneys. a team of mitigation specialists. So, uh, so you can find holes in like the police report or holes in, because you've got seven people looking at it somebody's going to find something like, ah, there's not an exclamation point there. He didn't really feel that. Fuck you. Case closed. That's the law. Or, fu- or like they'll dig up some, you know, case Arbitra- from whenever, whenever back and be like, oh, this was a similar case and this is what the courts He's did a then. So, well, no, no, no. I'm talking about oh. like uh, cor- courts often will uh, make decisions based on precedents. Uh-huh. So like... Um, once the court, once the court has one time decided on a similar case in one way, sometimes attorneys will use that case as kind of a like, well, this is how the cur- court handled this, uh, interpreted the law, this one time, because right, the law is interpretable. Yeah. Inter- interpretable. 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 In- interpretable. <laughs> in- interpretable. Interpre- the law it's it change- the re- is it changes subjective. <laughs> Depending on who you ask, it changes a lot. Right. It's a porky um, pick thing again. It's, 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 uh, it's interpreted. It's interpreted. It changes a lot depending on who you ask. <laughs> Isn't that great? Yes. Yeah. So I love. <laughs> I love Porky Pig. Might be my favorite like Looney Tune character. That's so good. <laughs> um, but yeah, I I don't know. So because of that, it the it makes the system so unbalanced like you think of justice right and you think of this woman uh blindfolded and she's holding those scales up and the scales mm. are even because you know justice is fair yeah blind and to it's however the blind scales to who you are right like justice is about the letter of the law and and law is is god to police officers and to judges and to attorneys right all of yeah. that right yeah and that's not fucking true it absolutely is not 
Um, and we all know that, right? We all know that money decides how well you do in the court system, but like, yeah, to have it at my fingers is even more astounding. Like, you know, I thought it was unfair in the like, oh, maybe, maybe half of the cases weren't investigated or maybe like only a third were right. Yeah. No. 87 less than right because a tenth of uh, now I'm gonna sound like an uh, idiot but like a here. tenth of 250 let's not do a bath so in the air alright Cassandra my head's gonna explode you know uh, less than less than a fifth maybe even yeah yeah of, of cases in Travis County were investigated outside so yeah we give our police so much power in Texas we <sighs> give our DA so much power in Texas and it's fine for most of us because we think actually that's my favorite. Um, usually people that have had run-ins with the law before uh, are a little bit more closed mouthed with police officers. And that always kind of bristles the cops. Like, why aren't you, you know, you seem to be holding back, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. But that's because you get some like dumb middle-class white person that's never been in the trouble with the law before and thinks cops are their friends and and will just completely spill the beans and they've completely destroyed any chance that their attorney had about of building a, a good defense for them because the yeah. cops have them on record saying these things cops are really good at leading people yeah um and and really good at sort of like planting like information is really easily planted for people like you could say something as truth to do that by the way i don't know uh, who knows uh you could say something as truth that maybe you didn't witness, but you saw on a news uh, cast, like let's say like you saw the news, the news said uh, something in this crime happened this way, and then like a day later the cops come and talk to you, and your brain does this weird thing where it sort of merges all of that information, and what yeah. you saw on TV is now what you saw in the situation. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm guilty of it. Like I've been, I think people are guilty, like just as human beings, I've been out with a friend on a Friday night and they're like, and then you told the guy, fuck you. I'm like, I didn't say that. I, I don't think I said that. I don't think I said that. And then fuck. next time you tell the story, you're like, I told that guy, yeah, fuck, fuck you. you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. Like, I, I think I said, excuse me, but uh, maybe it was like aggressive. And then, but Ted said that I said, fuck you. So maybe I, did, I don't know. That happen, right, it like, happens really easy with our brains. So cops goes, can plant things. In, and I'm not even saying that they're doing it maliciously all the time, but just kind of going. And I have to be really careful as that as an investigator, which kind of makes interviewing a little bit difficult sometimes. I have to ask people questions without asking them specific questions because I can't create any false memories. I, and I'm also not, again, I'm not trying to find out what happened. I'm trying to find out what this person remembers and will say happened because yeah. that's that's the information and what does this witness know because reality's slippery we're never gonna know what happened in a specific situation not really um and and so cases are kind of built on on the knowledge that we can know and once you sort of like muddy that's why you don't talk to cops because it's that whole, uh, you have the right to remain silent. Use that right, because everything you say can and will be used, used against, against you. Yeah. Absolutely, Heard and it, it is. Many times. 
But um, but you hear it and you hear it so many times that it doesn't mean anything anymore. Yeah, you just anymore. mow right over it. Like, all right, cool, that's fine. Yeah, that's my fucking weed in the car. I shit, I don't know. Yeah, it's like, just a dugout. It's not that much. I'm just trying to help myself. And cops will do that. They'll be like, well, you know, if you talk to me and give me the truth now, I'll let the DA know how uh, cooperative, cooperative you, were. you were and this, that, or the other. And they'll go Good easy guy. on you and this, that. And it's not the maybe, case. I don't know. Possibly. Ah. I, you're, I, really, you're really at the mercy you're really, of the cop. Right, you're at the mercy of the police officer. And that, depending on who you are, can be good or bad for you. I mean, I, I have totally, as a young girl, told cops I had drugs on me, had it taken away, and been given a warning. You know, I had, like, a little bit of weed on me when I was, like, 19 or something. And I was yeah. like, yeah, I got a joint. Oh, I'm sorry. And they took the joint, and that was it. I didn't even get a ticket. But... If you're not me, mm-hmm. as we discussed before, that situation could go completely different. And then you have made your attorney's job even more difficult. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I, you said that you had a joint. Like, yeah, I don't know. I, I, can, <laughs> I don't know. They said if I was cooperative, then. <laughs> It'd be cool. Shit. Mm-hmm. He seemed like a nice cop. <laughs> I knew he was going to throw the book at me. Where did that come from, by the way? Oh, I don't know. They're going to throw the book at me. should look that up. Maybe, like, there's a famous court case where a judge literally threw a book threw? at me. Really? Yeah. <laughs> he convicted me. He gave me so many years. Uh, and then he took the Bible and threw it at me. <laughs> well, I don't know if it was the Bible, but he threw a fucking book at me. It was really big and yeah. heavy. Now I'm on death row. <laughs> he did everything. Threw the book at me. Um, I don't know. Shit. That's crazy. I feel like... The microphones, I'm guilty of it too. Like I try and sound like articulate on the podcast and like put my best foot forward. I try and be funny whenever I can and interject. But honestly, like sometimes the microphones go off and I'm like, I don't know. Like I got some problems with my my lady friend and (laughs) things aren't going so well. House is up for like, why didn't you say that when I asked if everything was okay? You seemed depressed. I was like, I don't know. I was trying to seem smart and funny at the... But, yeah, this is, uh, I don't know. We had some whiskey and um, started to warm up. I'm like, yeah, dude, you know what else is fucked up? X, Y, and Z. I was like, we're t- too much good shit. Like, this is really, really interesting. Let's turn this back on. I'm glad you came back and talked a little bit. It was good. Yeah, and thanks for your whiskey. It's also good. <laughs> <laughs> it was a gift. I can't take all, all that much credit. Um, but, yeah, thank you. That was amazing. Um, sure, no crazy yeah. outro, but that's it for us. Uh, <laughs> I don't know, unless you have anything else that you're like, this is no, a juicy No, I just, uh, I, I am still, I guess I kind of want to put it out there that I, you know, I'm still learning about all of this stuff. And um, I guess I'm just afraid of like the mob coming after <laughs> me for this information. We're like, she, none of that's true. And I looked this up and in 2014, there was actually 2,600 cases and a yeah. hundred of them were missing. <laughs> Generally speaking, this is just like a blanket. These are all blanket statements. Right. Like, should, still and I, green. I guess I kind of want to get that. Like, I am not an expert. I am still learning all of this stuff. Um, and this information is coming to me from all different directions. And I'm, you know, I am kind of just talking through it and learning it. But, You're a sponge um, at this point. Right. Just trying to absorb it all. Right. Maybe. And get over the shock of some things that I find pretty appalling. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, we may have a, um, may have to have it back on a third time and <laughs> your first, uh, threesome. Yeah. Oh. Hey. <laughs> hey, yo. Oh, uh, pausing. 
Oh my gosh, with a lady at least. <laughs> I'm just uh, kidding. What happened here? <laughs> oh, we always had our doubts. We right. knew it. You're, yeah. dap- you're pretty dapper. I wouldn't be surprised if you swing any way you want. I you wish swing I swing any way you want. I really, Adam. I'm envious of bisexual men and women that are like, yeah, I like ladies and guys. I wish that it was that easy. Like, honest. <laughs> truth circle right now I wish that I could just be like I'm very attra- like I get sexually aroused by men you want to be sexually I want to having sex with men's a lot of fun I believe just saying it. I have some experience in it and it's great I've had sex with women too I like having sex with women but I ha- want that I want to be able I to be like I just say before you die you should fuck one man oh man I've I've looked into it on the internet. <laughs> I, I've even had brushes and, and, and life with like just men that are like, mm, hey, handsome. Um, you feel flattered. You're like, I'm not into this, but no one's no, ever called me pretty before. Yeah. And I think that may be like a spark of like, oh, that was nice. I, I hold that person's. Um, <laughs> He's kind of handsome. Yeah. But- I don't know, but yes, is he, that guy hot? That guy's like, a, yeah, you're like, cool. That guy's got a six pack and he told me I was hot. Like, <laughs> that's nice. <laughs> Shit, that's crazy. Um, yeah. Sold out for a rich man because <laughs> <laughs> if you don't have to worry about being attracted to or liking him, please take like, care of me. <laughs> <laughs> hold me, hold me and pay me. Oh my God, that's so good. Uh, no, I've always been envious though of like, Men and women like, nah, I don't know. If, uh, if Sarah says no, then Ted's still sleeping over tonight. So maybe I'll suck him off and then <laughs> and be the same with me and be like, hey, buddy. I don't know. Scratch my back, I scratch yours. Kind of a thing. I don't know. Um, but yeah, I've never been able to. You're a hopeless romantic, Adam. It's getting in my way. <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> What's going to help? More whiskey? Probably. No, doesn't. Actually, if that's a tranquilizer dart to the to the wiener, men and women. <laughs> <laughs> it numbs everything. Mm. Even my feelings. That's why I drink whiskey. That's it, yeah. <laughs> I want a sweet, sweet escape in this malt and, and vanilla that I call my friend whiskey. Woodiness. Good old mm. number seven. <laughs> JD. Uh, well, that was enjoyable. Um, yeah, it was good. Sorry. I feel like I shared too much. No, I feel like I may have shared too much, but that's me. <laughs> I'm just an open book. You are an open book. That's why you're such a good guest. You're like, I got stuff to say. I'll tell you <laughs> stories. I had questions written down. I love talking about myself. I dipped into like two. <laughs> I was like, no, keep going. It's great. You can ask me stuff. All right. Uh, fuck it. I'll turn this thing off. We did good. You did good. Thanks for coming back on. You didn't have to do that. Thanks for coming back on and no problem. talking and drinking whiskey and stuff. You're a good friend. <laughs> <laughs>